Ladies and gentlemen, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another episode of The Standard is the Standard, where we talk about nothing but black and gold, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are 6-2. and two. They're headed into their bye week, and there's a lot to talk about, believe it or not, even though they, there's no game this weekend. And one of the things we want to touch on briefly is their Week 8 victory on Sunday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. They won at Ford Field 20-15. to 15. I'm going to throw it over to my co-host, Lance. Give me some of the thoughts that you had about the game. Uh, it could be offense, defense, whatever the case may be. What were your thoughts after that Sunday night game? Throughout the entire year, I think the Steelers have really struggled in red zone defense. And, of course, they played probably their best red zone defensive game in several years. A lot of physicality up front. Hargrave, as well as Vince Williams, playing really physical in the run game and then playing really solid in in the red zone and preventing from the Detroit Lions from getting in the end zone and really preserving that victory. From a tactical standpoint, I thought it wasn't one of the better games from Keith Butler. I think you saw them struggle without Stephon Tuitt, but I thought the game plan of rushing three a lot of times and dropping back into some very predictable coverages against a guy with an arm like Matthew Stafford was very problematic, and I think that's largely why you saw the Detroit Lions march to the tune of about about 400, excuse me, 450 yards it's because I think the game plan was very inconsistent Uh, I think it was not the most solid I thought they could have dialed up more blitzes and sent more pressure and it was a little disconcerting to see them not get pressure a sustained amount of pressure against that banged up offensive line but they're six and two it's the bye week and it's just one of those games and you could probably look at it as a game in which they didn't play their best on a defensive end. They played really well in one area, but they were still able to eke out the victory. It's great to be able to go into a bye week with the win. And the thing that I always say, win and correct. Absolutely. You know, what, so as you were talking about the defensive from a the defensive effort from a tactile standpoint, you know what this game reminded me of now that I think back? Uh, go back to 2016, week one, against the Washington Redskins at FedEx Field. If you remember that game, they didn't. They hardly blitzed at all. They only rushed three. They never got home. Unlike they did, they did get to Matthew Stafford a few times, especially in the red zone. Uh, and they basically dared Kirk Cousins to make the throws. Now, what's the difference? Kirk Cousins couldn't make those throws, and Matthew Stafford could. I want to give credit to Matthew Stafford. Okay, a lot of people are down on the Steelers' pass defense. They gave up over a four hundred yards. We know those facts. But watch the film, especially from the All-22, if you have NFL Game Pass. He made some phenomenal throws. I mean, I'm talking throws that, in my opinion, you can't defend because they're they're perfect. And sometimes when you have that cover-two look, which the Steelers love to run their zone defenses, there are windows. There are windows to beat the zone. And boy, did he hit a lot of those windows. He played a phenomenal game everywhere except the red zone. So, I mean, Delance, do you remember that Washington game? Do you see the the similarities between the two? Yeah, it was pretty passive in the approach. And I understood it at that point in the Washington game because it was a really new defense. And it was the first game of the season. And they kind of played rope-a-dope on that, in that particular game. But you're right. He made some cover two blitz beater. He made some cover two beater throws in the hole that were outstanding and and him and Aaron Rodgers had the best arms in the national football league. Yeah. I mean, they can make throws that no one else can from different launch points, launch angles, uh, different, you know, just different elevation in the pocket. 
Uh, I mean, they can do ridiculous stuff with their arms. And, you know, they were fortunate to get out of that game with the victory, and they did. But, Jeff, from the offensive side of football, I I think you're going to give them some good marks because I think I think they're getting better. There were a couple of missed opportunities in the game, but I, I still think I'm saying the same thing every week that it's trending, I think, in the right direction. They just need to execute on hit on some of the things that are available to them. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Well, hell yeah. I mean, you, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, how many weeks are we going to say the same thing? Ah, they're, they're moving in the right direction, but, I mean, that giant butt's there. I mean, Eli Rogers did not, I mean, that, I hate to say that a first quarter play can get a team derailed, but you look at Chicago. I mean, you go back to week three, Martavis Bryant, if he catches that pass and goes the distance, you wonder, does it change the entire outcome of the game? And in this in this instance, I think that you look at if Eli Rogers catches a very well-thrown pass, very easy catch, does that change the complex complexion of the game? You're up 7 nothing. You just drove down. I mean, beautiful drive. They move the ball well. Um, then you look at like Ben Roethlisberger, Mrs. Darius Hayward Bay. That could be one where Darius Hayward Bay just hasn't played that much. Roethlisberger might have thought he was going to cut his route off early or harder. Whatever the case may be, it should have been a touchdown, and it wasn't. There is signs of improvement, but at the same time, there's still these plays that make you just want to bang your head against the wall because that might be more satisfying than watching the offense. I mean, the, the Ben, Roethlis- <laughs> ben Roethlisberger throws – uh, you know, I just I'm going to write an article coming up for the website about the things that the Steelers can do to improve over the bye week, and one of them is focused solely on Ben Roethlisberger. I think there's three things that he needs to work on with his receivers and just individually, and that is accuracy, especially the deep ball. He has seems he seems to have lost that on the golf course somewhere. Um, number two, his timing has been off, and that comes down to. Like the the Darius Hayward Bay and Eli Rogers situation, those two players hadn't played that much, and the timing was a little bit off. And they drop passes, and or he misses them. And Jesse James, he sails it over his head, or he throws it into triple coverage, which brings me to the third thing I'm going to talk about with Roethlisberger, and that is trust. If you follow the Steelers, if you follow Ben Roethlisberger's 14 year career, especially in the last six years or so, especially under Todd Haley. Roethlisberger is a trust quarterback. If he doesn't trust you, he's not going to throw it to you. He'll throw it into triple coverage to Antonio Brown, the way he was intercepted against the Lions on Sunday Night Football, rather than trying to check it down or throwing it to a receiver that's wide open. That's just a fact. 
That's not a debate. That's not a debatable thing. That is fact. And why doesn't he throw it to Martavis Bryant? Simple. He doesn't trust him. He does not trust him. Think back to the, I want to say it might have been the Jacksonville game where Roethlisberger escapes the pocket. He scrambles to his right. Martavis Bryant came towards the pylon, uh, towards the front corner. Roethlisberger was throwing it to the back of the end zone. They weren't on the same page. What does that tell Roethlisberger? I can't trust you in that situation. Martavis Bryant eases up on a route, and then the pass sails over his fingertips. What does that tell you to Ben Roethlisberger? I can't trust you. He is a very trust-oriented quarterback. Uh, and if you've watched him closely, you can see it. You can see it on the football field. You don't need him to say it. You can see it. He trusts Antonio Brown with his life when it comes to uh, the pass. But look at that 30-yard pass that got him inside that, that set up Le'Veon Bell's touchdown on the next play. The, it, watch the All-22 or even the end zone cam of the uh, the television broadcast. He just throws it into the air. I mean, he literally sees Antonio Brown and a defender with him, chucks it into the air thinking, I trust my guy to make a play. He's not doing that with every receiver. So for me, Roethlisberger needs to improve, period. The offense needs to improve, but, the, but Ben Roethlisberger needs to be better. Let's let's get down to brass tacks here. We want to talk about offense. Le'Veon Bell's back. He looks good when they give him a chance, uh, but they're going to need Roethlisberger to make throws because if not, defenses are going to do exactly what they did against Detroit where they brought a safety down to the box. They shaded one um, to Antonio Brown's side, and it works until someone on the other side can beat their one-on-one coverage. To that point, and, and that's what the Steelers want. They want that look. They want that look because it's predictable, and Detroit did it repeatedly in that game. To your point about Roethlisberger, the one thing I would add is he just has to stop being lazy. And going back to the play with the Quinn interception, that's lazy quarterbacking. That's not looking the safety off. That's not going through your P's and Q's as a veteran quarterback and manipulating that safety and getting him to not drive on that football. That was lazy. He locked on to Antonio Brown the entire throw, and he subsequently throws a quarterback. And we've seen him do that several times this year. I love the point you made, particularly with the accuracy, and that goes back to the pass he actually missed right before he hit Juju Schuster, uh, you know, Smith-Schuster for the beautiful touchdown pass. That was a great throw, and it's just his accuracy and consistency this particular year seems a touch off, but I want to switch reels and I want to talk about at this six and two point at the bye week, our predictions that we had in the early part of this season. I looked and listened to one of our earlier shows and you predicted Jeff that the Steelers would go four and zero over the first four games. I don't think I gave a prediction. We were going to pick it in quarters each four games at a time. We didn't do it for, the four after the first four, the second four. But we both said at the time during the show that we thought the Steelers would go 12 and four. Now I put up a poll on Twitter and I asked some people on my message boards where they thought the Steelers would finish. Now I want to go back now that we're at the six and two mark and see if you agree with your prediction of 12 and four, if we agree, but we can go through the games and see if we're going to stick to our 12 and four or if we're going to switch it. Now, unfortunately, we heard some terrible news in the NFL. Deshaun Watson tore his ACL this year, will be out for the rest of the year. Hopefully he gets healthy soon. Dynamic young player. That's going to be impactful for the Steelers as we pick these games because the Steelers do face 
the Texans in week 16. So, Jeff, let's start it off, and we're going to go through these games and give me your wins and losses, and we'll see where we finish up in terms of our prediction for this season. After the bye, the Steelers have the Colts. Big news this week, or excuse me, today, as we record the program, Andrew Luck has been placed on IR. Andrew Luck will not play for the remainder of the season. How do you pick that game, Jeff? Well, I mean, coming off a of bye week, um, you go into Lucas Oil Field or Stadium, whatever the hell it's called. Um, ben Roethlisberger plays well in a dome. Uh, he's played well on that field. He played well last year uh, Last year there on Thanksgiving. Um, if you remember, uh, they're going to be play- facing, I guess, Jacoby Brissett is my guess. Um, this is the third straight year that they haven't played. They played the Colts but have not faced Andrew Luck. Um, it was Matthew Hassel back then. It was Scott Tolzien, and now it might, might be Jacoby Brissett. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I think the Steelers win this game. Uh, I think the Colts are a dumpster fire right now. Um, who knows if, if if Chuck Pagano will even be the coach? Uh, but I like the Steelers to win that game. How about you? I'm not even going to give you guys that much analysis. I think they're <laughs> going to turn Jacoby Brissett into a brisket. <laughs> Steelers win that game. How about the next game, the Texans at home? Uh, The Titans, right? Excuse me, the Titans at home. Yeah. That's a Thursday nighter. Um, Thursday night game. I like the Steelers that they had the bye week, and you're playing two games. It's just tough. But um, you're also looking at the the situation and thinking, this couldn't be too bad. Thursday night games, the home team has a huge, huge advantage. And I, I'm going to go back and look at the the stats. I like the Steelers against Marcus Mariota. I think he could give them some trouble. He's very mobile. Uh, he hasn't been right since he came back from that hamstring, but they're coming off a bye week. They play the Ravens this Sunday. That'll be an interesting game to watch. I still like the Steelers at home uh, over the Titans. You? Steelers in November are at home against the Titans. I think you're absolutely right with the home field advantage on that short week when you're traveling on a Thursday, you have to factor in a travel day. That's one less day to get prepared if you're the visiting team because you have to travel. It's going to be very tough on them. The issue in that game is how do you stop the running game? Titans love to run the football, and it's a physical, very diverse, very multiple running attack. I think the Steelers will struggle a bit in handling it, but I like the Steelers to win that game. What about the Packer game the following week at home? I'll pick this one. I I love the Steelers in this matchup against a bad backup quarterback. I don't care who it is at the time, uh, whether it's Huntley or anyone else. I love the Steelers to beat the Packers at home on that Thanksgiving game. Yeah, that's going to be a Sunday night game. That's that's is where their string of, I believe, four straight primetime games begins. It started on Thursday night. They play Sunday night, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Uh, they get lucky again. Aaron Rodgers is out with a with a collarbone. They're they're facing a team that tried to get Brian Hoyer. Okay, let's think about that for a second. They tried to get Brian Hoyer uh, because maybe they thought he had a better chance of letting them win. They just don't have the running game to sustain it. They're built around Aaron Rodgers. I like the Steelers at home on Sunday Night Football. That next week at Cincinnati. I just think the Steelers are a better team than Cincinnati. So I'm picking the Steelers to win that game as well. Now, listeners, if Jeff picks the Cincinnati game, that's four straight after the bye, which would take the Steelers to 10 and two. 
Well, I have a feeling that the Bengals, uh, in terms of the AFC North division, could basically be out of the running by that game. That doesn't mean that it's not important, especially for Pittsburgh, who has loftier goals and expectations. But at the same time, Ben Roethlisberger owns that stadium. He always typically, he typically plays well there. Um, the Bengals are going to be motivated, but I, I think the Steelers win a tough one there. I, I said, so yeah, four in a row. I that would put them at ten and two going into the matchup. Go ahead, Lance, tease it up. The following week would be the game against the Ravens at home, and I, that's probably a Sunday night, December tenth. It looks like yep. a prime time game. The Ravens aren't a good football team, and they're they're woeful offensively. They're playing a little bit better defensively. Of course, it'll be a tough divisional game, but I think the Steelers win that win that division game. And at that point, they'll be five and zero in the division, and they will have wrapped the division up. I think they will have wrapped the division up probably a few weeks prior to that. But I, I think they roll the Ravens and get to eleven and two. Now, of course, listeners, we're making these predictions that they stay healthy so i like the steelers to go to 11 and 2 with a victory over the ravens yeah i think you look back at their previous meeting with the ravens um i believe that was week four it was a game where the steelers should have beat them by 40 and yet they just couldn't cash in when they when they were supposed to i think they i think the, the, the steelers continue to trend the way they are they're gonna be a really tough team to beat and you know people want to talk about the opponent all the time and sometimes you're just the better football team the Steelers are a better football team. They beat the Ravens at home, which most of their games to finish out are at home. Five out of the last eight are at Heinz Field. That's a big that's a big factor for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I like them to win against their arch rivals. Now here's the game. This is the game. This is what I thought was coming up. So I I this I, is I, the I made game. it. This is the game. At home, 425 against New England. And I think this Ooh. game will decide who is the number one seed in the AFC. And currently, the Steelers are the number one seed in the AFC. If they win out, of course, they will remain the number one seed in the AFC. And Now, Lance, hold on. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Before you make your prediction, I want to okay. ask you something. Go ahead. Uh-huh. You, were you ready? I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded, okay. baby. All right. You said that I agree with you. I think that the winner of this game has, if not locked up, has a front row seat in getting the first round, number one seed, first round by. Do you think the loser of this game would still be able to lock up the number two seed, still get a first round by, yet they would have to play the number one seed if, if it came down to it in the AFC championship game? I do. If okay. it's the Steelers losing because of their head-to-head win against Kansas City. Right, right. If the Patriots lose in this game because they lost to Kansas City, I think the Patriots would potentially drop to the three seed. Okay, all right. So what's your prediction? You know I like to always give you rhymes, and it's simple. You must be crazy if you think I'm picking against Tom Brady. <laughs> hey, man, look. Steeler fans, you might get pissed at me, but look, man. TB12, I don't care if he's eating avocado toast, eating avocado ice cream, sipping water from the Lake Minnetonka. Hey, man, it works against the Steelers. The Steelers have not found a solution to beat them yet, and until I see it, I don't believe it. 
this is football. This ain't faith. He carves up them zones. Unless the pass rush is absolutely kicking, there's no way they beat the Patriots. And unless the offense is absolutely kicking it on fire and not kicking field goals, it just ain't going to happen. I'm picking the Patriots to get that victory. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Details. Aloha, I'm Clifford from Yamanoa Safeway. Can't decide what to eat? Whether it's lunch or dinner, you'll find a perfect meal in the Safeway Deli. Handcrafted sandwiches, fresh sushi prepared by our in-house chefs, signature salads, our famous fried chicken and tenders. Add a side like creamy mashed potatoes or mac and cheese. All fresh and ready to go every day. Stop by this week to get a hot deal on rotisserie chicken, only $5.88 each with in-and coupon. This is Clifford from Manoa Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Ah, man, this is tough for me. It really is tough. Uh, I just, the Patriots know the Steelers well, and someone put it on Twitter very well. They said, the Steelers own the Chiefs, the Chiefs own the Patriots, the Patriots own the Steelers. And that's kind of like the, 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 you know, the triangle of, of dominance there. It just seems to work that way. The Steelers always beat the Chiefs and the Chiefs beat the Patriots and the Patriots beat the Steelers. So um, I'm a guy that believes in Optimism. momentum. Momentum, I believe in like revenge tactics, things of that nature. I think the Steelers are going to be really motivated. But here's here's the kicker here. I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots need to win this game and the following to get the first round by just a first round by. I think that if you look at the top of the AFC, the AFC West with the chiefs is much more competitive. It's not great, but it's competitive than the AFC North. And now all of a sudden the AFC East is not so much of a, a a tap in gimme putt as it used to be. You know, I mean, right now on Thursday Night Football, the the Buffalo Bills, who are five and two, are losing to the Jets. So, I think the I think the Patriots are actually going to lose a couple games prior to this game against the Steelers, and I think it could be something where this they have to win. I think they beat the Steelers. I think they, I I, I hate. I think it's going to be close. I think the Steelers are going to play well. I can still see the Steelers getting at least a first round by, maybe even the first number one seed because of the AFC North. I think being so weak. And I don't know who the Patriots play in week 17 or in week 16 and 17, but it'll be interesting. Um, so I would have the streak ending against New England at home, but I would really like Pittsburgh in a rematch depending on where it is. For the sake of time, give me your picks for the last two games at the Texans and at the Cleveland Browns or Cleveland Browns at the home. 2-0. and 2-0 and for me as well. So – Hey, Jeff, I wanted you to disagree with me. I think so, so. So what we're saying is. Hey, my mind can change a lot between now and when they actually play the Patriots. Uh, and a lot can change in that time. But uh, right now on paper, Tom Brady just owns the Steelers. And if you disagree, you're just not watching the same games. So we're saying 13 and three. So th- that's our amended pick at the bye is 13 and three. 
And I, I think if you look at the Steelers' schedule, and this is when I always say this, and, I, and I've been watching sports as long as I re- can remember or, or, or since I can really remember, probably since about 1982. I'll give it 35 years ago. And what, what I've come to learn in my observation of watching way too many sports is to win a championship, you need luck. In some sports, you need more luck than others. But in football, I think you need the most luck, largely because you have to stay healthy. And there's a ton of other factors. But when you look at the Steelers' schedule and you look at the fact that they're playing bum, excuse me, I'm going to say this because it's the bye week. They're playing bum-ass quarterbacks, largely (laughs) on the second half of the season. I mean, the Colts, the Packers, you know, Ravens, the Texans, the Browns. I mean, I mean, it's a majority of the second half of the season. It's just bum-ass quarterbacks. I mean, and, and you need that. Who cares if they play bum-ass quarterbacks for the second half of the season? Who cares if that gets you to 13-3, and three, it gets to a number one seed? Nobody's going to remember, and nobody's going to yeah. care. But it all matters. Why have to face, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck and Tom Brady and eh, who cares? The wins don't mean any more. So if you play bad teams to get wins, great. Stack wins, get the 13 and three, get the number one seed, no apologies, go get a seventh championship. No, I, I agree 100%. And, you know, I know I said, I told anyone that listened, I wrote about it on the website, that in the first half of the season, if the Steelers are not six or two or better, then it's been a disappointment. Uh, but with that said, those two losses, I did not have them losing to Chicago and Jacksonville. I think I had them losing at Baltimore and to Kansas City. You just don't know what's going to happen. But this stretch coming up really reminds me of last season. If you remember, the, you know, they played the Bills. They went up in the snow, beat the hell out of that team. I mean, that's where Le'Veon Bell outgained the entire Buffalo Bills offense by himself. And it just started this stretch of really bad quarterbacks that they're facing. And you heard it. You, you addressed it, Lance, is that everyone's like, oh, they haven't played anybody. Who cares? Are you going to hear anyone apologize uh, for the fact that Andrew Luck's not going to be the quarterback of the Colts in Week 10? No. They don't wish injury on anybody, but they're not going to apologize about having to face Jacoby Brissett. It's a shame that Deshaun Watson tore his ACL, but you're not going to hear anybody complaining about the fact that they – Aaron Rodgers, my goodness, it's the biggest one. I mean, he, most people would have said if they're going to lose a game in the second half, they're going to say the Patriots, and probably they're probably going to say that it's Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Packers when you're talking about the beginning of the season. A lot can change. Um, I wouldn't be stunned if they're still 12-4 and four and they drop another game somewhere, maybe the Cincinnati game on the road or Baltimore at home. Hell, you never know what happens in those games, but – this is setting up very similar to when they went on that nine-game winning streak last year. Um, they're playing well at the right time. They're starting to get pressure on the quarterback more so. That they've gotten more better pressure this year than they did last year. Last year, they came and kind of turned it on as the season went on. Uh, they're already at 24, so uh, that's a pretty good number. But you know what, Lance? Ultimately, how do you see the AFC shaking out? Do you think the Steelers are the top team and the road to Super Bowl 52 goes through Heinz Field. I think the road to the Super Bowl will go through Foxborough. I think the Steelers will get the number two seed. Kansas City will get the three seed. I think those are your division winners. I have no idea when it comes to the AFC South. 
I'm just going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I think with uh, Jacoby Brissett being a quarterback and Deshaun Watson being out uh, and Blake Bortles being a terrible quarterback or very inconsistent one, I I think that uh, Tennessee will win that division. Those will be your division division winners, excuse me, in terms of the wild card. You're not going to get a wild card team out of the AFC North. I'm going to go with Buffalo as the wild card. Um, that Buffalo be one of the wild card teams. And I'm just not sure because the AFC West, uh, Denver is starting to come back to the pack. The Raiders aren't a good football team. Um, give me another, give me a wild card team out of the AFC. I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of stuck here because the AFC is not a very good conference top to bottom. Um, Jacksonville. Maybe the Jacksonville, you think Jacksonville's what, nine and seven? They've got the defense, man. They've they've got the defense. They might be able to scratch out nine and seven. They're not in a good division, like you just said. Um, I would say the Chargers maybe, but the Chargers have that AFC West. That's going to be a tough uh, road to hoe for them. Um, So maybe Buffalo and Jacksonville would be your two wildcard teams. Um, You never know. Heck, the Jets are hanging around. So there's a – the AFC is very top-heavy, in my opinion. So, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting see how that shakes out. Before we get out of here, Jeff, I wanted to grade the offense, but for the sake of time, we're going to keep, we're going to cut that short. Maybe we'll talk more about that next week and we'll talk about the defense as well next week during the bye week for next Wednesday's show. But I want to give you one number and one stat and rate from, we'll say one to five, one being not very serious, five being four alarm blaze this stat could prevent them from winning a Super Bowl. Let me give you this stat or this number, 41.38%. That's what the Steelers are converting in the red zone. They rank 30th in the National Football League. The only two teams that are worse than them is ironically a team that they're going to be playing this year are the Tennessee Titans at 41.18% and the Arizona Cardinals at 40.9%. On a scale of one to five, how do you rate this stat in terms of preventing them from winning a Super Bowl? That's a four. That's a four. I mean, think about it. Say you play Tom Brady, whether it's in Gillette for the AFC Championship game, whether it's in Heinz Field for week 15, doesn't matter. You get in the red zone, you can forgive a couple field goals, but my goodness, it's got to be better than what it is. They're not even hitting on one out of two. Um, you put in, you put up touchdowns. That's how you change the, the dynamic of a game. So you look at a team like New England who will ground and pound you to death and control the clock and keep your offense off the field. You score touchdowns, they can't do that. They have to throw to get back in it. So, yeah, I say four. What do you say? I'm going to say seven. (laughs) I I know seven isn't on the scale, but for the reasons that you just suggested, scoring touchdowns changes the momentum and the texture and the tone of the game. It's just, it's just so hard to minimize that. If you're a golfer, it's like sinking birdie putts or, or making those critical par putts where you don't blow your round and you're just making putts. And you're forcing your competitor to just hit shots that you know that they don't have in their bag. And it's the same thing in football. 
when you score touchdowns, you put so much pressure on opposing teams that they have to get out of character. They make themselves one dimensional and it becomes a very easy game to defend. You can eliminate the running game, really hunt their quarterback and really play coverage. Keep stuff in front of you, tackle, play coverage and really hunt. And it really changes the game, the stress and the pressure because that clock is ticking and trying to get those points back. You know, you can ground and pound it. You can eat clock. There's just so much, so many things you can do when you score touchdowns and their inability to score touchdowns, I think can potentially be the death of this football team. If they want to win a seventh Lombardi. Yeah, absolutely. Ken. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It has to improve. Chris Boswell, Chris Boswell is great. You just want him seeing you want to see him kicking extra points and not field goals. So Jeff, what do you got coming up on the website before we get out of here doing this by, are you going to take a break or is it 24 seven black and gold articles every day? There, there, there is no break. Uh, I have a job. I have to do my job or else I won't have a job. Um, before I get into what's coming up on Behind the Steel Curtain, make sure you know that we're sponsored by Frank Walker Law. You can visit his website at frankwalkerlaw.com. He's the top criminal defense attorney in Western Pennsylvania and Northern West Virginia. So if you're in trouble, contact Frank Walker, frankwalkerlaw.com. As for Behind the Steel Curtain, um, we got a lot of good stuff coming up, uh, interesting about, you know, Film room studies. Uh, we're going to have a complete breakdown. Uh, one of our guys, who I call him the Stack Geek, is going to break down all the coverages the Steelers have done, what they predominantly run, different coverage schemes. They run a zone, but you know he's breaking down film more than anyone I know. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming up there. Um, but make sure if you're listening, follow us on iTunes. Just search the standard is the standard. Subscribe. Get all of our podcasts as well as here on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, you can follow us on YouTube by going to. Uh, YouTube search BTSE Steelers Radio, and you'll be able to subscribe to our channel there as well. It's just another way to get all that great Steelers content. So, Lance, why don't you send us off tonight? Steeler fans, take a deep breath. You're six and two. It's great. Number one seed. Do something that you have not done this entire season. Spend some time with your family on Sunday. Take the kid out to the park. Throw the ball around. Enjoy the crisp autumn air. Because <laughs> guess what? There's no way that the Steelers can lose this weekend. That's and guess right. what? That makes it a fabulous weekend. <laughs> Amen to that. I'll be on the golf course. So um, I'll be uh, checking, out, checking that out. So Lance, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week as they prep for the Indianapolis Colts. Bye. Hey, folks. Dirks Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life, and I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. 
everybody. It's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Vergecast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.